welcome to the first ever well-played VHS cast, the video hangout session. Uh, I'm joined by Ash Whaling. Ah, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We are here to talk about the Mortal Kombat film, which we have both been lucky enough to see pre-release. Ash is even cooler doing an interview with Simon McQuoid. Uh, and uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Bennett Walsh is one of the uh, main producers. He's actually got some pretty cool uh, history. He did stuff like uh, Kill Bill. So oh, he knows violence, apparently. So uh, yeah, that'll be up on uh, possibly on the YouTube and the website uh, either before this, after this, at some stage in the future. Uh, so guarantee give... it'll be uh, sooner rather than later, considering that the embargo for the film is tomorrow morning and the film comes out tomorrow. So does it? I thought it comes out on Thursday. Uh, 21st. No, I've got. I've actually got a ticket to my local cinema tomorrow because oh. I want to see it on a big screen. So you know. That's fair. That's fair. All right, let's uh, let's get straight into it. Um, we'll keep this pretty pretty short, but this is going to be if you're listening, this is going to be a spoiler cast. So if you have seen it and you do care about spoilers and, and you kind of want to save uh, this for after the film, then please turn off now. If you are um, deeply invested in the rich lore of the Mortal Kombat universe and how it is presented in this film, now is the time to tune out. Come back after you've watched it because we're going to be discussing plot points and all kinds of gruesome things like who dies when, where, and how. Oh, no, that's a spoiler. I just revealed that somebody dies in the Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Ash, you've seen it twice. Three times. Or, uh, three times. Whoa. Yeah. I saw it once. Uh, me and Anna watched it on the weekend because she was kind of oh, yeah. keen to see it. All right, give me... What did you think? Give me a, a quick, quick wrap of what you thought. I was very, very entertained. I thought it was very fun. Um, I think it's no secret that I am a big enthusiast to the Mortal Kombat franchise, the universe. I'm pretty involved. Um, so I was just keen to see it come back to the big screen. And I didn't know where to place my expectations. So I went into it sort of just ready for anything, basically. And I was just so pleased that what I got was a really fun and entertaining movie. Like, it yeah, wasn't life-changing, but it was no. really entertaining. And I, I want to watch it more times. That's all I could really ask for, for in a film. Nice. I uh, I feel similar. But I definitely had those like expectations of hey, it's a it's a video game film. It's gonna stink. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I love well not you know I, I love this IP enough that maybe the stink won't be as bad um for me. But um, you know, that's maybe for you with like with this IP. But I I kind of feel that way with like the Resident Evil films. I you know. Oh yeah. I love Resident Evil, but films are just a bit. But um, no, like I was, I was really surprised. I, I was like, "This is actually good." Yeah, isn't it interesting how you approach something like this? You're already sort of making concessions for yourself. You sort of go, "Oh, maybe the story can suck as long as the fights are cool, or maybe the fights can suck as long as the effects and the characters are cool." And you just, you just sort of lining up all of these sort of things that you're more than willing to sort of sacrifice just to go. As long as that's cool, I guess it'll be all right. But then you walk away and you go, "Hey, that was actually." quite fun like throughout like you know it's um obviously simon mccoyd has a background in sort of advertisements he's done a lot of really cool stuff for things like beats by dre and like all these really big brands so um the film itself is really good at telling a lot of a lot of sort of visual story in a very short period of time it means that when the fights happen they choreograph choreograph really really well um it means that you can sort of track what's happening and there's a couple of times in the film that I was really impressed with that he'd actually sort of, he could track three fights happening at the same time in different locations. And I could still very easily tell the sort of what the, how the fight was progressing, who had the upper hand and sort of how it was swinging momentum wise, which was really, really appreciative. And like, I was also really quite impressed with the fact that the story, I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. It has lore, it has narrative, 
you know, it's it's a franchise that's been around for literally decades at this point. There's sorcerers and cyborgs and ninjas. It's hard to tell that story without sort of making it sound a bit silly, but somehow he's managed to tell a really good Mortal Kombat story and marry sort of the the, the funnier side with the serious side without it feeling disjointed. Like, you can accept that, yeah, sure, there's another dimension where there's an evil sorcerer and there's, you know, women with wings and a, and a chick that just has, like, massive scary teeth. And then at the same time that there's just, you know, human beings that can shoot fireballs and have razor-sharp hats and, you know, robot arms. It's 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 fine. It's fine. Um, so, on the scale of uh, Mortal Kombat films, where do you think it it uh, it ranks? Um, I honestly, I'm putting it... I, I put it on the shelf right next to the 95 movie. Like obviously different generations of filmmaking but they both sort of do a really good interpretive telling of Mortal Kombat in different ways and in ways that sort of suit you know the modern audience versus the 95 audience um for me the thing that I'm really interested about is like obviously there's a couple of stories being told within the Mortal Kombat film you sort of got the idea of uh, Cole Young as the the MMA fighter turned family man who's sort of coming to terms with the fact that he's part of a prophecy and then there's some ancient you know pact made between elder gods that if if somebody wins a big biffo tournament they get to claim earth and then there's a story of revenge between you know um kwai lang sub-zero and no no bihan that's his 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 brother sorry sub-zero versus scorpion i won't use the real names because it makes me sound like a pretentious twat anyway um these stories are being told but the thing that I'm, i'm really curious about is obviously people who are really invested in the ip and the franchise I'm really curious to see how they react to Cole Young being a brand new character put into the film because I personally didn't mind it. The way that I approached it was that if you told me a Mortal Kombat film that was 100% accurate to the narrative that's been put in the in the past, there'd be no mystery for me. You know, like when you watch like a horror film, you sort of sit there and go, oh yes, this is the part where Jason Voorhees murders the person. Yes, no surprises there. With the Mortal Kombat movie, like, you know, you see Liu Kang and you go, mm, yes, he's going to throw a fireball. Mm-hmm. Kung Lao turns up, yes, he's going to throw his hat. Mm-hmm. But then when you have somebody like Cole Young, a brand new character who does not have any past in the Mortal Kombat franchise, it communicates to me as a long-term fan that this is a wildcard entry that I need to sort of pay attention to to figure out what are they going to do to make it worthwhile that this guy can rub shoulders with, you know, cryomancer ninjas and, you know burn victim run fast mask wearing it's hard to describe cabal but you know he's he's weird but like what are they going to do to justify this guy existing in this universe i'll um i'll be honest with you i actually forgot before watching it that he was a new character so i was like anna's like who's that and i was like oh it's luke (laughs) (laughs) but then i realized like i was like wait a minute mate that doesn't (laughs) <laughs> like he, why is he, he and i was like no that's why it's a it's a like a new character yeah it's the it's the studio mandated audience insert that has everyone like gnashing their teeth so you know i i was like yeah i don't more combat uh, ask me anything <laughs> yes yeah, luke hey. first one first one i go to wrong um all right so what uh what who is your favorite character from the film i think it's unfair i've sort of got i've sort of got two minds of that i've got my favorite existing character that, that is in the movie and that's Kung Lao. Love, love, love my dude Lao. He was wicked and in the movie he was fantastic. But then um, purely from a movie perspective, I'm just such a fan of Kano because like, come on, man. That dude is so aggressively Aussie. He pisses Vegemite and shits dingoes. It's ridiculous. And I think he's probably the most, I don't know, I don't want to give people the wrong idea. He's probably the most authentic, you know, bogan I've ever seen on TV. He did a play movie. a part very, very well. There, there were a couple of times where I thought maybe 
maybe it's being pushed a little too much, but I think it works. Um, yeah. Like, I think it was when he was getting pretty wild when he was about to find his Akram or whatever they call it. His um, Arcana? You mean Arcana. when he was, he was getting deliberately goaded and getting yeah. really, really pissed off? Yeah, I think like that, like that scene, if it had probably gone on for, you know, 10 or 15, 20 seconds more, I think it would have just been like, all right, come on. Uh, <laughs> how many more you know, things can you throw up? But no, he was he was very good. He um, definitely had a couple of little one-liners there that were very good. Uh, what was the one he said to, there was one he said to Kung Lao, I think it was. I think it was during that, um, oh, no, it was Liu Kang. And he's like, you're angry. And he's like, oh, nothing gets by you. <laughs> Yeah, I love when um he's getting he's getting knocked down and like uh Liu Kang like offers him a hand. I actually that scene where he's constantly getting tripped over. Yeah, it looks like anyone's first game of Mortal Kombat, just you know jumping at the wrong time and getting knocked down. But the, when Liu Kang like hand, offers him his hand to help him up, and he's just like, yeah, whatever, put on a shirt, Magic Mike. Yeah, um, <laughs> because Liu Kang was cut. The dude was yeah, ripped. He was ripped. But yeah, you're right. Like that. Like it's funny because Anna's not like you know not huge into um. Mortal Kombat, but she plays the games every, every like, now and again, and she, like, turned me and she goes, oh, they're doing that like someone's pushing the button constantly. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's, it was it was very, very well done. But um, I, I personally, I was a little, not disappointed is probably not the right, the right word, but I was a little bit disappointed. Underwhelmed? Underwhelmed, yeah, that yeah. S- Scorpion probably didn't feature as much. Yeah. I think yeah, I think it was quite interesting how Scorpion sort of bookended the film, like just a really big Scorpion yeah. scene to set it up, and then a really big Scorpion scene to end it. Because I feel like you know him or they, you know, uh, Sub Sub Zero and you know Liu Kang and and that are probably the main characters, and to have sort of Scorpion just feature briefly at the start and then sort of at the end, um, I, I you know I would have loved to have seen uh, what 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 they could have done more yeah. with him in the film. I did. I did like the idea that they sort of they had these interesting glimpses at Scorpion throughout the regular film. So, because obviously, I mean, just just to completely throw it out there, the entire like the first like twelve minutes of the film is literally the like the how Scorpion is born. Effectively, you know the the whole story is that the you know the the Lin Kuei clan of you know cryomancer ninjas turn up and murder his family, and um, it was, it's just funny because um, my wife also asked a question of sort of like you know what's the deal with Scorpion? I sort of just mentioned like. I could talk to you for ages about Scorpion, but it's just simple simple enough to say, man, too angry to die. Like, he gets killed, but just he just sort of sinks into hell and goes, yeah, I'll be back. Um, But then, like, they sort of had, like, a couple of those little moments where, like, Cole Young sort of sees glimpses of him in, like, a mirror or in a mural and things like that. But they were so subtle that I almost felt like they could have done a bit more with them. I mean, I get the whole story that it's like, okay, so he's a descendant. And, like, it's interesting that, like, Raiden's just like, hey, here, take the blade of Hanzo and his spirit will fight with you. He, but what he literally means is he will fight with you. It's it's not like the power was within you all along. It's just legit, hey, you use this knife, mate, and you'll actually summon one of your ancestors and he'll come and put some pretty hard yards in for you, which is pretty good. That uh, that that fight scene was um pretty cool. It was exceptional. I actually really liked it. It took, like... <laughs> I feel really silly, but the second time I watched it, it, it occurred to me, oh, that's the MMA octagon that he was in at the start of the film. He's like oh, back in his gym. Yeah. 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 So like, I, the, saw, the, I, I realized that, yeah. Yeah. It, it, took, it took me on the second watch. I was like, wait a minute. He's in the MMA octagon where he was getting his ass kicked at the start of the movie. Oh, neat. I also just really like how simple, how visually impressive it is just to, hey, let's just take a really mundane location like a, like a gym, just freeze it, and then just throw people around. <laughs> 
like people hitting the chain link fence and all the ice comes shattering off it like yeah, that's that really cool, cool. Yeah. yeah it's also really impressive just how many practical effects were actually in the movie like there was when people were getting like thrown through giant ice things they actually had like a giant ice thing so um the cgi budget was well well handled yeah um what did you think of uh of goro goro um my initial reaction was holy shit goro's on earth because <laughs> like in in the, even in the games in the films goro's always sort of like that big scary dude who's like it's he's the hinted boss character remember in the original movie like you sort of get a couple of glimpses of him and then later on when you have to fight him you're like oh damn or like yeah, when he, Johnny Cage justified him, yeah. And he's in the like, is he in the? No, he's not in the Nether Realm, is he? When he fights him, but he's in some wild. He's, he's in Outworld. He's in Outworld. Oh, yeah. fight Outworld, takes place. sorry, not Nether yeah. Realm. Um, yeah. So it was weird to have a scene where Goro quietly lets himself out of some dude's shed. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it it was an awesome scene and really good CGI as well. Um, like, oh really? Goro wasn't real? No, no, they didn't have a four armed <laughs> man. They could have just got the animatronic puppet suit from the 95 movie which yeah that got auctioned off the other day doesn't look good yet it's obviously been sitting in a shed for 20 years and it's got it's, his face is permanently like in this weird smirk because of the animatronics in it. it's funny but um he was pretty cool pretty awesome um amazed that he died yeah like, well just well actually let's let's quickly sort of jump to that so as you said before um the earth fighters have to find their arcana basically to to try and help help in their uh, fight against um, the outworlds. Pretty much, soldiers. they introduce this really, really straightforward sort of explanation of this is why people have superpowers. They go, "There's people who are chosen as fighters to defend their realm. They get a little tattoo that looks like a dragon, pretty neat, and then that dragon tattoo means that they can then tap into some inner strength. They just call it arcana, just it's a MacGuffin term, and that's what lets Liu Kang shoot fireballs. That's what lets Kung Lao teleport. That's what lets you know." jacks grow mechanical arms it's not in the games it's never explained in the games it's just yeah ice man shoot ice balls but in this it was pretty cool so in the film they sort of give you a nice simple macguffin thing if you have the special tattoo you can do the special things and we get the fantastic line of kano going does that mean i'm gonna get superpowers with the short answer being yeah looks like it I can imagine some people will be upset by that because they'll think that it's a needless explanation. But if you look at it from the perspective of someone who knows nothing about Mortal Kombat, it's a really easy explanation. Why can that man shoot fireballs? Because he has the tattoo. Okay. With um, yeah. So in that scene with Goro, that that's where Cole gets his gets his power. Yes. What did you um, what did you think of his Arcana? So, I sort of had an internal discussion with myself going it looks like cole's power is the ability to get the shit kicked out of him constantly and not die yeah because <laughs> yeah. like the movie starts with him getting beaten up and then he goes and meets you know Liu kang and starts his training and that's just him getting beaten up and it's like okay cool good job mate you're very good at getting beaten up and then he has his boss fight with goro and he gets beaten up so hard that he unlocks his special power. The ability to wear armor that makes him not get his ass kicked so hard. Yeah. I but mean, when he... knife things as well. Yeah, he manifests some Tonfa weapons, like, you know, those sort of wrist thingies, which are cool. And suddenly, it's like, <laughs> suddenly he's just sort of, hey, I can still get beaten up, but now I can beat you up as well. Um, As far as Mortal Kombat characters go, I actually wrote in my review, there's far worse characters in the Mortal Kombat canon than Cole Young. So, if people are upset with Cole Young, they just need to look at characters like Meat. You know? Meat. 
Meat. Yes. There's a character called Meat. He's a dude with no skin. Meat. That sounds awful. Yeah, I can't wait to see him in the sequel. Anyway, um, so for me, I sort of went, oh, yeah. I, 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 I bought it. That's the way I'll put it. Cole Young, I bought it. You know, if if he was DLC for Mortal Kombat 11, I, I think they could do a pretty cool job with him. You know, I just think he, you know, rubbing shoulders with quite literally Razor Hat Man and, you know, Dragon Summoning Fireman. Just, yeah, he fits in. What um, did... I've completely forgot what I was going to say now about Cole Young. Um... <laughs> I, I will say one thing. I have a question for uh, the director today. So I uh, obviously look forward to that being released. But so the end of the movie, um, obviously Scorpion triumphs over his uh, vengeance with Sub-Zero. And, you know, Cole Young is his descendant. Before he leaves, Scorpion in his very thick, like not Japanese accent, he literally speaks Japanese. He says to Cole Young, you know, look after my bloodline and then vanishes. Does Cole Young even speak Japanese? Yeah, well, he doesn't he give off the he, he like gives off the impression. No, oh, no, sorry, that's early in the fight where um, Scorpion says to him, you know, leave him to me. Yeah, in like you know, Koyong just Japanese. walks away. <laughs> All yours, mate. <laughs> like, I hope that he can understand Japanese. Otherwise, like, if he's just a really Americanized, you know, Japanese person, you know, this literal fire ninja is like, what is under you? And then just vanishes, and Koyong's like, okay, <laughs> see you, mate. <laughs> Uh, the question I was going to ask you is: um, Were there any characters that you wish the film had in it, and that uh, that you think would have fit? I got a really easy answer for that one. Um, prior to seeing the movie, I was squarely in the camp of people that were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that Johnny Cage is not going to be in the movie." But now I've seen the movie, I understand that you couldn't have the characterization of Kano next to someone like Johnny Cage because they're both really sort of out there very boisterous characters and the fact that they made Johnny Cage such a really really defined sequel hook I'm okay with it 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 felt like he wasn't in there because they wanted to make sure that if he was in there they needed to have room to do him right so like just because that's the thing Johnny Cage is a character over like the last two or three games his characterizations changed to make him a very cool very interesting character like he's he's gone from he's he's still you know boisterous Hollywood guy, but he's still more interesting nowadays. And I think they could have you know tapped into that because it's interesting how the Mortal Kombat mediums sort of influence each other. Like original Kano was, uh, I think he was like a Chinese American dude, and like he literally wore like a gi in like the first game and stuff. But then when the first uh, Mortal Kombat film came out, obviously he was Australian just for no reason. I think it was just just better, like more interesting. And nowadays in the games. You know, Kano is an Aussie scumbag. So in this movie, it sort of elevated that as well. So they do influence each other. So I reckon that if they're going to do a character like Johnny Cage, they want to make sure that they can get the character right and make it good. That's why in this movie, you only see his crotch. <laughs> um, what about you? Do you have any long-term Mortal Kombat characters that you would have liked to see in there? See, I, from, a, from a game point of view, I, like, I do love Rain. And, oh, yeah. and, I, and I do like uh, Cyrax. Oh, dude, yeah. But I, I don't know if they would have fit. I think there was probably enough ninjas. You know, yeah, we, we they got, got the two main ones. And then we got the reptile. See, reptiles always confuse me a little bit. Yeah. Because obviously in the early games, he was an, like just a green ninja. Just and a dude. The, and then in the first film, was he, he turned into a green ninja, <clears> didn't he? In the first film, remember, he was that little sort of weird like animal lizard thing? Yeah. And then he got sucked into a statue and turned into a man that did ninja stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. And now and now he's like, well, an actual like reptile. Yeah. Oh, uh, he has been an actual reptile in some games. I think in like Mortal Kombat Deception, he was like a full on lizard. A lot yeah. like he appeared in the film. Um, but like for me, it was just interesting because like when Shang Tsung was just like, Oh yes, send the reptilian Sizoth, I was like, ah, oh, maybe it's not reptile. But then I learned that Reptile's real name is Sizoth. So for all the reptile fans in the world, yes, reptiles in the movie, and he dies. Not Got ambiguously. It. Super dead. Unless he like grows back hearts, like, you know, lizards grow back tails. Yeah. The only the only um character I think maybe could have worked is maybe Baraka. Yeah. Uh um but you know. Would he have would he have been one of Shang Tsung's goons? Yeah, definitely. I I I don't know who who was the guy that Jax ended up fighting at at the end? Oh, that was Raiko. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Like is is he new? He Raiko was in like Mortal Kombat five. He oh. he was just a really tall dude with a hammer. Yeah, he didn't didn't do much for me at all. There's yeah, there's a lot of people who are really upset because the casting of Raiko is an Aussie dude called Nathan Jones. Um, if you've seen Mad Max Fury Road, you know the really big muscular guys like, Oh, I have a baby brother! He was perfect in every way. Um oh, vaguely, yeah. He's he's just well known for being very tall, very muscular. So when he got cast in the movie, everybody went, Shao Kahn, Shao Kahn, that definitely Shao Kahn. And then they saw the first trailer and they went, Oh, he's Reiko? I think they just they just had a quota of we just need a big scary dude. And I mean, I'll be honest, out of all the move all the fights in the movie, the Reiko fight was the least interesting to me. Just because the yeah. way he handled his hammer looked really awkward. He was just like bonk, bonk. So yeah, that's kind of why I I, I think maybe uh, Baraka could have taken over his spot. You know, Jack's got metal arms. Have you have you seen the? You would have seen the little short um, TV series that, that they did. Yeah, yeah. I, There's been a couple, but yeah, I know what you mean. The one with um, I think Jax ends up fighting. Oh no, maybe Johnny Cage. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen that. All right, let's um. We'll quickly wrap it up in a minute. All right. Do you think there will be a sequel? I know they definitely teased it. Do you reckon it's going to do well enough to, to get one greenlit? So I, I'm honestly in the camp of hoping that, like, there's things that diehard fans won't like in the film, but I think it's purely from a nostalgia perspective. If people can overlook those things and accept that there is a purpose behind them, stuff like Arcana, you know, stuff like the Chosen Ones literally having tattoos and stuff like that. Just little things that ground the more crazy elements. If the main fan base of people who are diehard fans can overlook that and understand it and then praise and support the film, yes, I think it could. But if fanboys decide to be angry, upset dudes who go, oh, Kano doesn't have a robotic eye and, uh, you know... Molina's there, but Katana's not. And, uh, it's just it's just going to be one of those things where it sort of just becomes a bit of a hate sphere and people just sort of bat it around. For the general public, I mean, this is coming out, what, just sh- short weeks after Kong vs. Godzilla? Like, this is a great time of year for just, like, fun action movies with just, like, stuff happening. And even Simon himself, like, the director of the film just said, like, hey, we don't have things in the fire for a sequel. It's quite literally, it's up to the fans, it's up to the people who see the movie, it's up to people supporting it to decide whether or not it'll happen. I think it has every right to a sequel because I think it's told a good story and it makes me want to see more of it, but I don't get to make that decision. <laughs> you don't uh, You don't uh, write the checks? No, unfortunately. It'd be nice. If I was a rich Saudi prince, I'd probably make a big old check and do it, but you know, 
I mean, as far as films go, the bottom line is the movie of Mortal Kombat did not tell the story of the first of the tournament specifically. If anything, this is a very clever prequel, and there's a really cool story right around the corner that we could also see if people just get out, buy tickets, buy Blu-rays, and you know, say thanks for a cool movie, guys. Yeah, the the lack of the of the tournament was a little bit, uh, yeah. I don't know. I was like, you know, unexpected. I'll around, you know, chanting while Kano gets his ass kicked. But yeah, it's just it just makes me think. Like the fights in this film were done so well. I'd love to see them in that setting where it is the tournament and like you know there is actually a more, I mean, for lack of a better term, a more formal setting. You know, you know, head down to the pit and fight each other. But I th- I think they did it well though. Like I think like like it all made sense in um in the story that like that that they were telling. All right, favorite uh, favorite fight. Favorite fight. It probably comes as no surprise, but just the the really specifically Sub Zero versus Scorpion ending fight. Just yeah. like the initial part, like it quite literally happens when Sub Zero grabs the like kunai that uh, that Cole's holding, and it just goes the blade of Hanzo, and then suddenly like Scorpion's spear goes through his bicep, and it's like no, that's the blade of Hanzo, and that's when like the orchestral score does the the Mortal Kombat theme sort of hit. It goes, dun, 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 dun. And then um, that's when you get the the get over here that's been re-recorded and redubbed for the movie compared to the trailer. I did, oh, really? I didn't, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so the biggest complaint people had with the initial trailer is that the, uh, the get over here in there was, it was a very, very clearly a not English speaker trying to sound menacing with an English phrase. Oh, right. It sounded good. It just it didn't it it wasn't it wasn't what they wanted. But in the movie, it's a uh, slightly different. It's a bit better. The deliveries, I think it's just a little bit better. And then that whole just section of just Sub Zero, who has been nothing but a chilling, terrifying badass the entire film, is suddenly fighting literally a demonic ninja who has returned from hell. And there's sort of a couple of moments where Sub Zero is like, "What the hell do I do? Like this guy's tough." And then they sort of equalize and the fight still it's still good, but there's just that moment of panic that Sub Zero is like, shit, what do I do? Like the part where he gets like kicked into the sword. Yeah. And then Sub Zero like then Scorpion uses his kunai chain to actually pull the sword back to him. He's just like, ha, you thought I would burn in hell, but I learned to control it. Lololol. But yeah, what about you? Favorite favorite fight? Yeah, I reckon the last one, the Scorpion Sub Zero was was quite good, but I also enjoyed the uh Kung Lao one. Um when when um when they invade like Raiden's temple. Oh yeah. I mean not that it was really a fight, but that Oh you mean that's... him him versus Nitara, the winged demon lady. Yeah, like that scene where he sort of waits and then ends up on top of her and then throws his hat and start it starts the old spinning. Le- legit fatality. Yeah. That was really uh, cool. Yeah, that was cool. Really great example of sort of like um, because you know he sort of he sort of stops for a moment, sort of strikes a little pose, and then just waits. Yeah, that was uh, I did I did like that. Uh, great yeah, display of control. For an actual fight, though, yeah, I think the last one you can't beat. The the cool thing about that Kung Lao moment as well is in the '95 movie, there's a a fight that happens, and then somebody goes, "Oh, flawless victory!" But everyone goes, "No, he got punched several times. That wasn't flawless at all." But in this movie, Kung Lao does his thing that ends up with Natara getting killed and he stops, puts his hat back on and goes, 
flawless victory. And everyone goes, yeah, no, that was correct. He didn't get hit. Yeah, that's flawless. You know, it's game accurate. All right, Ash, your review is up on the website now, I would assume. By the time somebody is partaking in this media, it will be available and you can read it. And if you've watched this or heard this so far, obviously this is full of spoilers. My review, however, not full of spoilers. It's more about the actual intrinsic mechanics of the film, but still a bloody good read. Emphasis uh, on bloody because it's Mortal Kombat. Got him, boys. And what did you score it? I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Okay, nice. Yeah, I would have probably gone with a 7, so we're pretty much... Uh, I was looking at a seven. I escalated a little bit because I, I figured that other things that got a seven, I probably enjoy this a bit more than those things. So, I mean, not that we have tons of movie reviews, but like internally, I can think of things. Well, given a this seven. is the uh, the very first one. So this is this is. Congrats and for uh, being the first. We can now start scrambling for other topics for the uh, well played VHS uh, cast as well. We can. We can. Let's oh. keep an eye out for more incredible video game movies, and hopefully, <laughs> I'll be talking to you again soon when they have a sequel for this movie. Hopefully. Well, enjoy your chat with uh, the team, the Mortal Kombat team. Can't, we can't wait, wait to uh, check that out. Absolutely. I appreciate the fact that they've taken the time to get over here and talk to me about the movie that I quite enjoy. And we will see you all next time on the World Played VHS cast. Take care. Nice. Toasty! <laughs>